Hi, I'm Satva Trinivas, and this is Arnav Rostogi, and together we're co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. We're at the halfway point in the 2020 NFL regular season, and it has flown by. In this episode, we'll be revealing how we shook up our NFL tier list, and we'll take a look ahead to week 10. With that said, let's get right into it. It has been an amazing nine weeks of football that we have gotten to see. And at the midway point, we have really shaken up our tier list. And at the very top, we have five juggernauts. And from the quarter season tier list, we kept the Chiefs, we kept the Ravens, and we kept the Seahawks. And despite the ups and downs that each of those teams have had, they have shown in each game that they deserve to belong at the very, very top of the league. And they are the teams that are really in contention and have a plus 5% chance to win the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Now, we added a team. They, they're the biggest mover in our tier list. Uh, and they went from playoff potential to juggernaut. And that team is the Steelers. And they have just been on fire. I know... A couple weeks ago, I said that the Titans game, the Ravens game, those two games would define the Steelers, right? How physical they were, how dominant they were, would they be able to compete? And they showed up in both of those games. And they show, really, that they're the most balanced team in the NFL, offensively and defensively. So what have you seen, Zavik, from this team and that really has deserved this humongous leap in our tier list? Simply put, you know, 8-0, you can't argue with 8-0. But, you know, even with that said, you look at even some all these games they've won, they've come down to the wire. And really why they've come out on top in all of these games is because of that defense. That defense has consistently been there each and every Sunday when their team needed them. And we're looking at the Steelers team now at 8-0, and their offense really hasn't fired on all cylinders. I mean, not to say that they're bad by any means, but this offense, in my opinion, hasn't even hit its full potential, and this team is still winning football games. But even with that in mind, my question for this Pittsburgh Steelers team is, this, this defense is able to be dominant so far, in at the halfway point but how long can they keep this up if you're going up against kansas city or seattle you're you're surely going to face 30 plus points against russell wilson and patrick mahomes are the steelers going to be able to keep up with that and that's really what i want to see from the steelers team and you know they sort of got exposed if you want to say against the cowboys uh because their offense got off to a really slow start i mean they had, what, four or five three-and-outs to start the game. And, you know, when you your defense at that point is just exhausted. And, you know, even the Cowboys, or it, it doesn't really matter. Any offense can take advantage of an exhausted defense in this league. And you're, you're right. You know, how long can this Steelers defense play consistently? Because outside of this Titans and Ravens game, I mean, they haven't faced the best of offensive lines. I mean, you look at if week one against the Giants, 
week two against the Broncos, week three against the Texans, week four against the Eagles. You know, maybe those stats are inflated. I'm not, I'm not taking any credit away from that Steelers defense. I mean, they're amazing. But what happens in the playoffs when you're facing a Lamar Jackson and a Patrick Mahomes, right, week in and week out, right? So in an offensively-minded league, can the Steelers' defense keep pace? And I think that's going to be a key question to answer for the Steelers' team uh, in the next couple of weeks, in the second half of the season. Uh, but at 8-0, I think this team has really shown that they belong in that juggernauts category. So taking a look at another team we have here, the New Orleans Saints, after an enormous win on Sunday night, and not a single football fan on the face of this planet saw that coming. And Arnov, as a Saints fan, what do you have to say for this team? This team, it, unbelievable Sunday night. Prior to Sunday, the Saints did not belong in the juggernauts category. Monday morning, they did. Because they blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, blew out is an understatement because that game was dominating that, that on all fronts, from coaching to special teams, to defense, to offense, in every phase of the game, like Bruce Arian said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were dominated. And I think the Bucs would have most likely actually had this juggernaut spot if they had beaten the Saints. But the Saints just let, laid down a beatdown of the Buccaneers. I mean, when you beat a juggernaut or a Super Bowl contender in the fashion that the Saints did, that in its own right deserves for the Saints to be in the juggernauts category. I also want to point out that this was the second game that the all Saints starters that started week one were healthy. Both of those games were against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who the Saints have swept. And... I just think like the Saints haven't even fully integrated all their pieces. You know, they still, Quan Alexander, who is a top 10 linebacker in this league when healthy, he hasn't even played a snap for the Saints who traded for him. Michael Thomas, he really hasn't gotten going in the flow of the offense. He's really only played two games this season. So the fact that the Saints were able to do that and two of their best upcoming pieces haven't even been fully integrated into this team makes me think that they have a long way to go and they're already a dangerous team. Yeah, for sure. And, and really, I think, you know, we don't, we're not going to overreact here. You know, that's not what we're doing with this team, putting them in the juggernauts right after that big win. But what that win really showed was the potential that this team has when everything is going their way, when all the pieces are getting back, they're healthy, and they're on, they're playing cohesive, complementary football like you saw Sunday night. This is a team that can compete for a Lombardi, and that's really what it is. And as I said, let's let's not overreact, you know, to this win. This doesn't mean that the Saints are all of a sudden the best team in football. Like there's there's a, a lot of these teams that are up there, um, you know, as we just talked about the Juggernauts. But looking now at the contenders category, after what we've seen, the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers, now both in the contenders category. And these are teams that we thought would be juggernauts, at least at some point in the season. 
So what do you see with these teams, the Packers and the Bucks? Yeah, so the Packers and Bucks, they're sort of these fringe contenders, juggernauts that we sort of thought that they could be there. They could really be there. And it's been mostly in part for the fact that they've been really, really inconsistent. I mean, we look at the juggernauts, right? KC, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Week in and week out, they have shown a, some sort of consistency, some sort of identity to their team. But these teams, like the Packers, it seems like the first couple of weeks, everything's fine. You know, they're cruising against the Vikings, going to New Orleans and beating a Saints team in the Superdome. And then you go to Tampa Bay and you get beat down like that. And then we have the Bucks, right? They looked amazing when everything was finally coming together. It looks like Tom Brady has struck chemistry with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That defense was top three. And then they lose to the Bears. Barely scrape out a win against the Giants and get demolished by the Saints at home. So I think we've seen the potential with these teams, but it's just the inconsistency that really scares me off a bit and puts them in this contenders category. So now another team, you know, the Buffalo Bills, and this is also a team that we know the potential is there. We saw them play an amazing game of football against the Seattle Seahawks. They were firing on all cylinders. That defense, really, that was one of the best games that defense has played this year. And when we saw what they're capable of, getting after Russell Wilson on every single down and really making him uncomfortable at times in the pocket. He was taking so many sacks and costly turnovers. And then the offensive side of the ball, Josh Allen, the numbers speak for themselves. And it's not just the numbers. It's we're seeing a Josh Allen. That's not only playing, not, that's not only a tremendously talented quarterback, but a quarterback that's understanding the ins and outs of the game and, He's, he's, not, he's not anymore just a, a strong guy with a big arm. He's a guy that knows how to play for the quarterback position at a high level mentally. And just the development of this quarterback and this team as a whole, we have them right now as a contender. And just because, you know, they did have a little decline there before that Seattle game. So, you know, sort of similarly with the Packers and Buccaneers, the teams that are in this contenders category, they have the potential, but it is, it is consistency. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they take on Arizona next week, going into Arizona. Can they play consistent football? And can they show what they're capable of? That's really what I want to see. Yeah, it's really a big question mark. And, you know, the Bills, right, they came out with a statement win against the Seahawks, right? But we cannot underscore the fact that, the Bills honestly seemed in a decline the previous three weeks. I mean, they were not playing good football. So as much of a statement win like that was against the Seahawks, making Russell Wilson feel uncomfortable in the pocket, forcing him into bad decisions, the offense firing on all cylinders, that's the great part about the Bills. But we have also seen the Bills and their bad habits uh, how they get into holes early and how they don't play good football. And so, you know, I will feel more confident about this team if they go into Arizona and win. 
if they show that they can play amazing football week in and week out, it doesn't matter who the opponent is or where they are. And I think, you know, we have another team in this, uh, in this uh, contenders category. We have four teams here, the Bills, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Titans here as well. And they, you know, it's, it's the same pattern, you know, they come off a statement win against the Bills at home and then they barely scrape out a win against the Texans, a lose to the Steelers after getting down big early and then just get destroyed by the Bengals. So it's, it's the consistency that matters. And I think these are four contenders possibly that could make it into juggernauts category, but they haven't shown the consistency to do so. All right. Now let's take a look at these teams that we believe have playoff potential. We have six teams here in this category, starting with the Los Angeles Rams, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, Las Vegas Raiders, Arizona Cardinals, and Miami Dolphins. So really, I think the big team that we need to highlight here is the Miami Dolphins. And they have really transformed what they've been. And we know that they had the pieces this offseason the draft picks, they went out, made big money moves in free agency. We know they were putting this team together. And the question we had was whether they were going to be able to put all these pieces together and play complementary football. Cause it's not just about having the talented players, but it's about executing as a team. Yeah. I was, I was honestly just about to give a shout out to Brian Flores. I mean, as much as it's been about those offseason pieces and Tua playing well, you have to, you have to give credit to Brian Flores. I mean, he has done a heck of a job changing that culture in Miami. And yeah, no doubt about it. And really what, at least like looking at that game against Arizona, if you ask me, why did they win? Oh, well, first of all, Tua looked amazing. We got to get that out of the way. You know, there, he didn't get to do a lot against the Rams in that win. And there were some people that were like, is Tua the guy Okay, like, let's be serious. Tua is an insanely talented young quarterback. And this the sky is the limit for Tua. I guess maybe you could say that his arm might not be as good as like some other quarterbacks, but just his intuitive playing style. Like, And, and we've only had two games to evaluate him. Like, I don't, I don't think we can say, oh, he's not going to be the future off two games, right? We, we need like at least a season to evaluate him. Just to see where he and the Miami Dolphins franchise stand. Yeah, and speaking of the Dolphins, the team they beat on Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals, are a team that both you and I, they're sitting at 5-3. and three. We think they should be an 8-0 football team. That's the expectation we have for this Cardinals team. And looking at them now, we have them still at playoff potential. I mean, they did move up. We had them at the previous category, which was the mediocre at best category. And there's no doubt with the Cardinals, there is potential. And I think we kind of, this is, this has been the pattern. We've been saying this about a lot of teams and it's the consistency, you know, they come off big wins and then the next week it's not there. They, they lose to Detroit. They lose to Carolina. And uh, don't get me wrong. Those are teams that can play, but when you're a team that's vying for the playoffs, you have to win those games. And the Cardinals haven't been able to consistently do that. I mean, yeah, you're right. This, this should be an 8-0 team. There are three losses. The Lions, the Cardinals, and the Dolphins. I mean, looking on paper, they, they mismatch each of these teams on nearly every position. 
I mean, those three games should be easy wins. I mean, in my opinion, the Cardinals should be sitting at the number one seed in the NFC. That's how talented they are and how easy their schedule was. And the games that they're dropped, it's just inexcusable. And I think, you know, we've been talking about consistency a lot in this episode. And I think it's just what separates these juggernauts from the contenders and the playoff potential. Because these teams, they have the potential, but they don't show it every week. And I think for the Cardinals, it might come back to haunt them because their schedule just gets harder from here. They play the Seahawks again in Seattle. They play the Bills next week. They got the they got the Patriots at New England. They the Eagles come to town and they have to play the Rams twice. And it, so it doesn't get easier. And so looking back at these losses against the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Lions, it's really going to come back to haunt them and it is it's just very very inconsistent football from Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, but don't get me wrong. This Cardinals team has the potential. It's that dark horse team that nobody is going to want to play come January. So a few more teams we have here in this playoff potential group, the Rams, the Browns, the Colts, and the Raiders. So for me, if we're looking at the Rams, right, I I think they are a team that has the playoff potential. and, And for sure, that's why they're here in this category. But something has seemed off with the Rams. And I I don't want to say that Jared Goff is the only problem and he hasn't played extremely well, but well, looking specifically at the Miami game, which was really atrocious looking at what the Rams did and Jared Goff really struggled beating man coverage. He just looked, he, he just wasn't himself. And I guess it's sort of in that same category as you might say with Jimmy Garoppolo and like, what are these teams getting from their quarterback? Can they only win a specific style of football when everything's going their way? Or is Jared Goff going to be able to be what this team needs to get them out of a 17 point or 20 point deficit against a good team like Miami? You, you know that feeling that we had when it came, when we were buying and selling teams and the Bears came up and were like, are they really a five and two team? Are they really that record? Mm-hmm. The, the Rams just don't feel like their record. You know, they, they've just not played well and they've had some pockets of being great, but it's been against the Redskins and it's, it's, it's been against the Bears and it, it, it's been against the Eagles, when they had just a battered secondary where, you know, everyone was injured, everyone was just dropping like flies. So in all honesty, the Rams do have playoff potential because you can never count out Sean McVay. And when you have the best defensive player in the game, I, I just don't think you can like say that they're going to be mediocre or in, in the category that's below this because they, you know, they're always going to have the potential to come out and win games and, you know, possibly make the playoffs. But they don't just, they just, a gut feeling when you're looking at this team, they don't feel like 
they're deserving of their record. They don't feel like a good team. Okay, so now let's take a look at the mediocre at best group. We have nine teams here, Chicago, Carolina, Philadelphia, Dallas, the Chargers, Minnesota, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and the New England Patriots. Yeah, so we, we, we moved down the 49ers and Patriots from playoff potential to mediocre. And, you know, for the 49ers, it's just been injuries. And for the Patriots, they, they just haven't played. And at this point, looking at the AFC race, you know, it's looking like it's going to come down to four teams, uh, Miami, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Colts. And I just don't think the Patriots can get there record-wise or, you know, team and talent-wise. So we've really moved those teams down. But I really want to focus on the Chargers here because, I mean, this team is two and six, but they really could be six and two. You know, you know how we say uh, the Cardinals, they're five and three, but they could be eight and oh. I mean, the Chargers, they are so much better than their record says. And it's just, I feel so bad for Chargers fans because they have just lost close game after close game after close game. I mean, I, I just feel bad for them. Yeah, and, and just looking at this Chargers team, there, there's so much potential. There's so much talent everywhere on that team. And they're getting so close. And I don't know, some people, and I think, Arnov, you kind of feel that Anthony Lynn might be what's holding this team back. Yeah, I mean, he's getting – he's a really conservative play caller. I mean, we, we've really seen it this year what late in games. You know, they don't, they don't take those chances. I mean, if anything – if anything, the only chance that I've seen Anthony Anthony Lynn take is when he ran three go routes against the Saints, twenty tied at twenty seven, uh, to try to get good field position for a field goal late in the game. That might be the only chance or risk I've seen Anthony Lynn take to try to decisively win a football game. I mean, he's just he's just too conservative. And in a world where you know you have Sean Payton, a very very high risk taker and you know most of those risks pay off and you look at Doug Peterson he's a very bold play caller and and it it pays off most of the time and so I don't know it's just conservative play callers can't can't survive in this type of NFL all right so now our last category here and let's not spend too much time here but the seller dwellers these are the teams at the bottom of the NFL barrel Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, Washington, Atlanta, both New York teams, and Houston. You, you know, for these teams, it's it's really forget about 2020, look ahead to 2021. I mean, some of these teams just they're fighting for positioning in the in the in the draft. And the Jets, I mean, they've already secured the number one spot. No one can compete with them for that spot. But at this point, it's just jostling for draft position. If you're tanking, you're tanking, you know. It's just looking ahead to 2021, the off seasons. What, what do you think about these teams? Do you have any last comments for our tier list here? Yeah, you know, I'm just looking at a couple of these teams here. Now we have Denver and, and uh, New York, the New York Giants. We have the Jets. Um, well, the Jets are probably – we don't know what's going on with Sam Darnold. I don't know if they're going to keep him or look for – drafting Trevor Lawrence or maybe even Justin Fields you never know and then the Denver Broncos they have their young quarterback they got to get healthier and even these aren't like 
you know, the, the records tell you that these are not great football teams and it is true to some extent, but even these teams have been in close games and it's really, I think they just have to find where they are as a team. And, and it's really, it's not that these are horrible teams. It's just that they, they haven't been playing good team football and that's really why they're here. And that's what they have to look to fix. And honestly, on that point, these teams have nothing to lose at this point in the season. So I would be looking out for some of these teams to play spoiler to those playoff teams, to those contenders, uh, to those juggernauts. If they, you know, if these teams by no means are bad football teams, they, a lot of them are better than their record indicates, like, like you said. And so these teams might play spoiler late in the season. Just watch out for that. All right, now let's take a look ahead to week 10. The first matchup we have here, Thursday night football, Indianapolis at Tennessee. What do you see here? We got an amazing Thursday night football to kick off week 10. And look, we said in our tier list here, the Titans just have to be consistent uh, with their football. And I expect them to come out here, follow up uh, some of that momentum uh, that they gained with that win over the Bears. And I expect it, you know, at home against the Colts. Uh, Phillip Rivers and that offense did not look good at all against the Ravens. And I don't expect them to look better against the Titans. Titans at home, I have them winning here. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Titans here. And I, I think the Colts are a team that could win this, but these are divisional opponents. They know each other well. And I think at home, Tennessee is going to have the leg up. For sure. And now let's look at that key game that we were foreshadowing earlier in the episode. Bills Cardinals in Arizona. Huge implications uh, for the NFC and AFC. Who do you have winning here? I really, really had to think about this one. And, you know, if we're just looking at last week, there's no way you pick against Buffalo. But that's the thing. We're not looking just at last week. We have to look at these teams as a whole. And they've both had their ups and downs. But for me, really, what this game will come down to is how are these defenses going to play? Because, you know, you know that both of these offenses are going to put on a show. They're going to score points. There's no question there. But which defense is going to slow the opposing offense down? And both of these defenses have talented pieces. But for me, just looking at that Arizona defense, we saw them a few weeks ago on Sunday Night Football in a huge moment. And that defense stepped up. And I'm going to put my money on that defense to slow Josh Allen down. And Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury will take care of things on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Cardinals in this one. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. And, you know, throughout this season, I've said that teams, especially good teams, will have their statement wins. And I think, you know, the Bills had that with the Seahawks uh, last Sunday. The Saints had that with the Buccaneers on Sunday night. I think this week the Cardinals have it with the Bills, you know, We've seen inconsistency out of both teams, but I just think 
The Cardinals, they dropped an egg against Miami in a completely winnable game. I think Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are going to have their guys ready. Bills traveling cross country. I think this is a perfect storm for the Cardinals to come out and give us the statement type victory that they had against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. All right. Speaking of the Seahawks, Seattle at the Rams this week. Personally, I'm not going to think too hard about this one. I'm just going to take Seattle. I think they're going to bounce back and take care of business against the Rams. What do you see? Yeah, definitely. I just think the Rams don't seem like they're a winning football team this year. You know, they're going to have a chance in every game. When you have the best defensive player in the NFL and one of the all-time head coaches in Sean McVay, I mean, this dude is sensational in the way he he basically transformed that West Coast offense. I think they have a chance at winning every game. But against the Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson losing that badly. uh, Great players on great teams after a loss are the scariest because they're going to have their guys ready. Uh, and they're going to bounce back because they have a sense of urgency. I think the Seahawks handily defeat the Rams this week. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 19th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in next week where we'll recap week 10 of the NFL season and look ahead to week 11. Until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Sat Vic Stay safe and take care.